Hi there. Welcome to another edition of uh, Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. I'm your guest host, James Latwell, and it's my privilege and my honor to bring to you today a, an author that I've come to know and, and really respect, and that's Tessa Wigger. Good morning, Tessa. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me, Jim. This is really exciting. Oh, it should be fun. Um, so yeah, if if you don't know Tessa, um, you're you're gonna really enjoy, I think, coming to to know what she's about and what she writes and, and just about her in particular. But she's the author of the popular Shana Merchant crime novels, which include Death in the Family, The Dead Season, Dead Wind, The Kind to Kill. And the book we'll talk about today, The Devil's at the Door. She's a former journalist. She grew up in Quebec and now lives with her husband and children in Connecticut, where she studies martial arts and is co-president of Sisters in Crime Connecticut. So, so welcome. Thank you. Thanks for that lovely introduction. Yeah. Now, you you weren't only just the co-president. You you helped found that chapter in, in Sisters in Crime in Connecticut, didn't you? Yes, that is true. Yeah, that was a that that's been a really fun project over the last two years or so. Um, a friend of mine, Elise Hartkipnis, who I actually didn't know until we both kind of raised our hands and said, "Oh, there's a need for a Connecticut chapter of Sisters in Crime." We are both based in Connecticut. We'll see what we can do to help get it off the ground. So, yeah, we've been in um, since the beginning. We got it, uh, you know, right off the ground floor. We have. I believe 75 members at this point oh, wow. so it continues to grow and it's been a wonderful community to um, for both authors who are published and authors who are up and coming, even those who are just at the very beginning of their of their author journey of this um, this kind of career, this kind of life. It's nice to have a broad variety of writers involved because we can mentor each other and it's really just a, an opportunity to get together with people like-minded people who all enjoy crime fiction in some form or another and we meet in person and online and it's been fantastic no that's great it is it's a great support network and it really gets people kind of engaged in the, in the writing community it's a it's a great thing exactly but we're here today to talk about devils at the door and i think it's the the fifth in the in the there it is, it is. Fifth, fifth in the series it is i'm very happy to talk about it because i am neck deep in writing the sixth in the series, which will be coming out later this year. I'm right at the, well, I'm really right at the very end of it at this point, but um, but it is kind of nice to take a step back from that process and think yeah. about the the previous book and uh, which came out in December. So it's still fairly new. Yeah. No, it's, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I like the series. I enjoy, I enjoy Shana. So for maybe for folks who don't know, tell us a little bit about your main character, Shana Merchant. Yeah, I would love to. So Shana Merchant is a former NYPD homicide detective. She has moved to the Thousand Islands in upstate New York, right on the border of Canada. She was uh, involved in an abduction experience back in New York involving a serial killer that she had been hunting down. And having survived that, one of the uh, the only survivors of, of that serial killer, she moves to upstate New York with her fiance to settle down with what she hopes will be a quieter life um, in a quieter place. And of course, that's not how it turns out for her. Immediately, she is involved in several crimes. And so each of the books in the series uh, immerses her in a new murder, in a new murder mystery, 
but they all also have this through line, this common thread involving the serial killer that pops back up in her life when she's uh, come upstate. And so with Devils at the Door, she is now at this point a New York State police investigator. She's a senior investigator with the Bureau of Criminal Investigation. And it's a very small office, just a small little barracks up in Alexandria Bay, New York, which is a real place. And she, uh, she and her partner, Tim Wellington, and the sheriff of Watertown, and a couple of troopers, and a variety of people in the area all investigate these crimes. So with Devils at the Door, at this point, uh, a, a really um, kind of uh, compelling secret about her life has come to light. Um, people have learned that she has her family has blood ties to a, a pretty notorious character. And this information is out in the public realm now. And so Shana's cousin back in Vermont is having to deal with the, the fallout of this news being public. So she moves to Alexandria Bay to spend the fall semester with Shana and Tim and the group. And while she's there, Shana is hoping that she can help her niece get her life back on track and help her really deal with, again, the fallout of this horrible news and, and the, uh, the, um, the, really she's getting a lot of um, negative reactions mm -hmm. from the people in her life. And Shana has been through this experience herself. So she's she's really hoping that she can help her niece get back on track. And instead, she finds her niece at the scene of a suspicious drowning and realizes she may not know as much about this member of her family as she thought. Now, that, that was a very good summary <laughs> of, of, of the book. Now, I, I found that Devils at the Door kind of marks a, a shift in the series a little bit. And, and I think you really nailed it because, as you mentioned, the books previous were really focused on that relationship between Shauna and Brom, the serial killer. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but you've really kind of pivoted now. And there's a little bit of through line there left with with that in Devils at the Door. But she's kind of moving into a different direction now, isn't she? She is. Yeah. And that was a conscious decision that I made. I didn't, um, and I'll be careful here and not to reveal any spoilers, but I knew going into working on this series and I didn't know at the beginning how many books there would ultimately be. So that was an interesting piece of it is, is, um, from one book to the next, when I realized that there would be another, or when I got another contract for two, I did sit down to think about where I wanted to take her story and her character arc. But I didn't know right from the very first book how many books there would ultimately be. The one thing I did know was that I wanted to keep readers on their toes. I didn't want it to be a traditional cat and mouse game all the way through the way that you might expect from a thriller or a mystery. I wanted to throw a few wrenches into the works to um, surprise people along the way. So yes, in, um, in some ways, he's very much still a part of her life and has been from those that abduction experience that she had, which happens really off the page, um, but you learn about with the very first book, Death in the Family. But he's always a part of her life because he's a part of her past. And you learn that right. she does have a history with him and personal experiences with him that come out over the course of the series. You understand a lot and more about him and also his place in her life. And also a lot of guilt that she feels about the fact that they do have this personal relationship and how she feels about victims of his that she oftentimes 
hoped that she could save or or help and maybe didn't always manage to get there. So there is this really rich backstory, I think, to um, to the series that readers find out a lot more about with every book. Now, that having been said, they do all work as standalones as well. I try to get people up to speed really quickly so that if they are new to the series, let's say with Devils at the Door, you, you'll understand what's going on. You won't necessarily have the the depth of knowledge that you would have if you started at the beginning but a lot of readers do tell me that they pick up you know the third fourth fifth book in the series and do enjoy it and do manage to then go back and and pick up the previous books and get right up to speed and so that does happen often where people will discover the series with the the fourth or fifth book and then still go back and so you're filling in a lot of blanks and and getting a um a, a deeper experience that way i think yeah and, and i think i found that with 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 devils at the door i mean you could read this as a standalone uh and and still get that full story experience of of the of the story that's going on in in your book so i think you you've done a really good job making that you know each each one stand alone like that so folks can just jump in at any at any point well thank you yeah now, the setting really plays a big part in your in your novels. Um, you know that that Thousand Islands area and just that small town feel. Uh, how did you come about choosing that area and that location for the for the setting in your book? Because it, it's almost like another character in the book. Yeah, setting is a huge, huge um, piece of what I think sets the series apart, and it's. And it's the thing that I begin with, with every new book, to be honest with you, when I sit down to write another book in the series, I always think about where I want to set it, which of the islands I'm going to focus on, or which of the towns or aspects of the area I'm going to play up. And then I often think about the crime scene right off the bat, too. How can I come up with a really interesting crime scene? And then that then informs the plot. So, of course... There are other aspects involved. Like I do have to think of at this point with having, as, men- as mentioned, I'm working on the sixth in the series. So having all this backstory to work with, I do have to think about where Shana is at this point in her life, where the people around her are um, and what makes sense for her for next steps. But it's it's really all about the setting. And it is set in the Thousand Islands in upstate New York, which again is a, is a real area most of the islands are, um, ba- well, all of the islands are based on real locations, but many of them have um, fictionalized names just because if there's a crime that takes place, I want to, out of respect for those who live on those islands or in the area, I want to make sure there's just a little bit of distance in between, um, sure. you know, have some separation between fact and fiction. Um, but I've been visiting that area for about 20 years now. My parents-in-law actually have a, a, a small cottage on one of those islands. Mm-hmm. There are more like 1,600 of them. There actually are far more than 1,000 in, in reality. But um, because I had this experience of having visited for so many years, when I decided to write a murder mystery, and that first one was Death in the Family, I knew right away that I wanted to set the story there. I didn't know at that point it would be a series, but I'm so glad that it is because I've gotten to explore all of these other these other parts of the uh, of the region that I, I wouldn't have been able to otherwise. So it's uh, it's a really interesting 
spot and a lot of people don't realize it's the it's the um, freshwater boating capital of the world. It's a place that has a lot of very fascinating history because it's the um, it's the area that people from New York City and Philadelphia and Massachusetts, um, the kind of upper crust elite industrial industrialists from the turn of the century used to summer up there, you know, before the days of air conditioning. So they would drive all the way north. They built these insane houses, just the most gorgeous. Some of them are actual veritable castles and they still exist. So there's this fascinating history there. And at the same time, there are the locals who really cater to the tourists who come every summer. But in the off season, it's a very sleepy community. It's very quiet. And that's one of the things that makes it so interesting to me. So I've set some books during the summer months when the population triples with tourists and some in the quiet season where it's a little bit uh, a little bit sleepier. And so Shana's now that's her new home. She is experiencing all aspects of the uh, of the seasons and, and all, um, you know, different characters from this community that she has grown to love. Yeah. And I and I think, you know, you mentioned with like the off season, you're really dealing with that that small town feel. So everybody knows everybody's business and outsiders are really they stand out. They're not really trusted that much. And I think that makes a great dynamic to to throw in the the books with your with your characters. And speaking of characters, um, that's one of the things I think really makes your book stand stand out is your characters. They feel like people, wherever you drop, drop into the series, that feel like people that you've known for forever. And then you introduce these new folks in, like um, her niece, Henry, Henrietta or Hen. Right. Um, how did you go about creating that teenage angsty being that, that she is? <laughs> That's a fun question for me to answer because the timing with this book was such that it made sense for me to revisit that character. I had mentioned her just in passing in a couple of the other books previously, but never really introduced her to the reader. Um, but I saw an opportunity to work her in to the plot of Devils at the Door. And I happen to have two teenagers of my own. So Henrietta is right in between their ages. And so when I realized the timing of the book was going to work out this way and that I, and then when I started to plot and, and came up with this idea of having her come and live with, with uh, Shana for a semester, I looked at my own life and thought, well, what better time? Because I have experts right in under my own roof who can <laughs> read some of my dialogue and let me know if it rings true, if it sounds like something a teenager would say. And my own kids, I am happy to report, are not nearly as angsty and emotionally <laughs> tumultuous as Henrietta is. But they did give me um, a little bit of help when it came to, to shaping the character of both Henrietta and her, um, her a couple of her closest friends, but in particular, Mia, one of her very good friends that she meets when she moves to Alexandria Bay. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I, yeah, that, that's kind of fun that you, you had your daughters as kind of technical consultants on, on that piece of it. Um, exactly. <laughs> that's great. So they didn't say... Mom, why why are you telling stories about my life or anything like that? They didn't give you any trouble. Fortunately, not. No, everything that I came up with in the end was was fictionalized. Um, but 
definitely the language, the dialogue. It I did, it was important to me to make sure that it did ring true to readers that I didn't want it to sound like I was putting words in a teenager's mouth or anything like that. Right. Um, and especially with this book, because the teenagers do play a very, very important role. And so once Henrietta arrives in the Thousand Islands, she starts to realize that the locals are very interested in her, particularly the other kids from her high school, because right. they know a little bit now about her past. And so a few of them who maybe whose tastes maybe run a little bit dark, <laughs> want to know more about her and her life and her ties to her family's ties to a killer. So I um I did want the teenagers to play a really big role in this book. So it was important to me to get the, their voices right. And I think you did a really good job with it. <laughs> having having lived through that myself. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. I have had a lot of readers say, oh, I, this sounds like my teenager. This is totally <laughs> something my kid would say. So yeah, I guess exactly. I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> now, now that you've, you've kind of successfully reset the series and are pivoting in a different direction. What do you see? Where do you see Shana going next? Yeah, there are some really interesting changes afoot in her life. Um, a pretty big transition that's happening for her that if you read Devils at the Door, you will discover at the end of that book. Um, and I don't want to say what it is, but I will say that it plays a huge part in the sixth book in the series. So as she's kind of embarking on this new phase in her life, it's really changing the way she looks at her, her job and the risks that she takes in her daily work. Uh, as a, a state police investigator. So that has been interesting. And I will, I can say also about the sixth book that um, you learn a little bit more about the time she spent in New York. So there are some scenes that take the reader back to those very early days when she was still with the NYPD. Um, the sixth book involves both uh, a current murder on an island in the winter where a very small community of just eight people live every winter. And the island is very difficult to access and can be completely inaccessible for weeks at a time. And there is a death that occurs on the island. And at the same time, aspects of that case that she is currently working uh, remind her of a cold case back in her days from her days in New York. So you get to hop back and forth a little bit. And I hope um, readers will enjoy discovering more about that part of her life, which again, much of that happens off the page over the course of the series, because by the time the series starts, she's already living in the Thousand Islands. So there's a little glimpse back into what Shana was like when she was living in New York City. No, that sounds great. I'm looking forward to that. Thank you. So thinking back on, on the series, what's been your biggest challenge in writing the Shana Merchant series? I would say the biggest challenge is, and I'm sure this is true for every author of a series, I just really want to keep it compelling enough that readers will stick with Shana. I really want to draw them back from one book to the next. And of course, that isn't always a prerequisite when you're reading a series. You don't necessarily have to read every book in the series, but it's been my goal from the beginning to 
add the hooks and twists that will encourage readers to continue to come back. Um, but it is a challenge because I don't want to repeat myself. I don't want it to feel redundant. Um, so every one of the, the books needs to contain a, a really fascinating self-contained mystery. Um, but at the same time, I do want to work in uh, like here's the example of Shana, Shana's time back in New York. I do want to work in um, uh, little Easter eggs for those who have stuck with the series all the way through as as little rewards, I guess you could think of it as, <laughs> for sure. those who stuck with the series. So that's been a challenge and it's also been a really fun experience for me because um, it keeps me really thinking about where she should be going as a character and where she's been and what more I can throw at her, but still in the, you know, in the context of her world, how can I expand on her universe, this fictional world that I've created for her while still, um, while still helping readers discover something new about her at the same time. Now that makes perfect sense. Okay. So we'll end up with, with, uh, what we're calling three quick hits. It's kind of a, helping readers kind of understand who Shana is. And these are just three quick questions about, about Shana. Okay. Um, what's Shana's favorite music? Oh gosh. Shana's favorite music. I would say she likes alternative music. I actually um, created a couple of playlists for uh, the books in the series recently on Spotify. So um, I did think a bit about what kind of music she listens to. So I would say alternative. She likes a lot of 90s stuff because that's the era in which she was a teenager. Sure. No, it makes perfect sense. It fits. What is uh, Shana's favorite drink? Shana likes to drink gin. She likes gin and tonics. Uh, she will drink the occasional beer, but her drink of choice is definitely gin. Got it. And finally, what is what is Shana's biggest fear? Oh, Shana's biggest fear. She has quite a few. She has a lot of struggles with PTSD and anxiety that come out of the course of the series. But I would say her biggest fear is feeling inadequate and not doing, not having, realizing that she hasn't done enough to help someone. She's, she's very um, committed to helping the people in her community and she's always pushing herself to do more. No, that, I think that fits. That, that sounds like Shana. Those were great so, questions. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for, for spending some time with us and talking about Devils at the Door. This has been great. Thank you so much for having me. It was lovely to chat with you, Jim. Yeah, now we've been talking with uh, Tessa, Tessa Wigert, a fantastic author with a fantastic book. And if you haven't checked the series out, you really owe yourself a look. So take care, and we'll see you again on another session of Authors on the Air. Bye Thank now. Thank you so much.